since meditation is supposed to be easeful, I'm not supposed to focus on anything in particular. Um, I, I don't, I guess I, I don't know what the mechanism is for my practice, and yet somehow I'm more attentive. So, there is some kind of confusion there. So, <coughs> so the question is, um, or the comment is that uh, he has a uh, story going through his, the mind that says, I, I don't know if I know how to practice. And yet there's attention and there's recognition and uh, but there's not always knowing exactly what is supposed to be done, but nevertheless there's some awareness and, and uh, there seems to be some confusion. <coughs> How's he doing? Yeah, on a on a ten point scale, you know, uh, six, eight, maybe. Yeah. So you know something is happening and you're looking for, or trying to grasp, the mechanism for practice. Don't. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. You know, you are aware of all that, all that that's going on, right? You're aware that there's, you know, there is some awareness, and you're aware that uh, at times, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing to make this happen, and, you know, and you're not supposed to focus on anything, but yet he's still knowing, so that's just about right. You're just you're, you're right there, doing good, doing good. Now the way that happens is, you've been hearing us speak about right view, how to recognize awareness, what awareness is, what you don't need to do, like focus, try, struggle, you know, aim, all that stuff, and so you've heard all these right views, and you've heard you know a, a lot of had a lot of it clarified through questions and answers. And now the, 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 almost your sole task is to be interested. Interested in, in this moment's experience of life. Okay, am I interested? Yeah. And so there's some right view in there. And what, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Nothing in particular. Just, just be interested to, to recognize uh, what this is. You know, and to recognize that there is an awareness of that. So what I hear, huh? No, you can't. You can't control the interest. But you know, you've heard me say, all you have to do is be interested. You know, so that will come back and haunt you. Like, how come I'm not interested? And you'll get interested. <laughs> I know this sounds like, is he talking in circles or what? But the thing is, if I say, do this, then. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. You'll do it. And when you don't succeed, you'll struggle and be frustrated and disappointed. And you'll forget to recognize awareness of all that. And you'll, you'll think, as long as I can do that, if I can follow that technique, then, then I'm doing it. You know, you become a good technician, but you, you don't learn anything. Or if you could learn more. You know? So you're right. You're right. You hear these instructions. You hear right view. You try. You experiment. You recognize... Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, you know you want to be more confident or clear or 
You want it to be the best it's ever been continuously. Sorry, not going to be that way. But actually, actually, I'm not being, I'm not playing with your mind. Actually, this is the way it goes, isn't it? This is the way it goes for all of us. You know, we hear these instructions, we do the best we can. We have doubt. When doubt comes up, like, am I doing this right? What am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to be doing anyway? Recognize that is the present moment's experience to be recognized. Oh, remember to recognize, oh, this is, this is doubt. Okay, all right. Like that. I'm also not a parent, not a biological parent. Uh, so I'm going to defer to the expert of parenting on this stage. Ah, see, this is the wisdom. Oh, there'll be an opportunity this afternoon in questions about taking awareness out of the retreat. So please come at that time. Blue shirt. Um, I'm interested when I I'm thinking about this talk last night in terms of um, ascetic hedonist. You're you're thinking of the talk last night in terms of ascetic hedonist. Ascetic and hedonist. Middle, Middle path. And also all of the duality in Mark's talk, the second one, and how to relate to that. Yeah. So, hearing about you know the ascetic practices of the Bodhisattva and the hedonistic, indulgent, luxurious life of the prince, and then the middle way, and then you were referencing uh, Mark's talk on duality and all of that, and how do we? Uh, you don't know if there's more to understand about non-duality. You know, we had an interesting uh, discussion. The teachers had an interesting discussion in the in the dining room yesterday, in fact, about duality, non-duality. And I was acknowledging that I don't know what that means. <laughs> so again, uh, Mark will have to answer that question this afternoon. <laughs> so uh, next. <laughs> I need easier questions, you know, really easy, really easy questions. I'm kind of simple, you know. <laughs> Shoo. Okay, so there's a question up there. Black shirt, black shirt, yeah. Um, can you expand on the defilement of delusion and delusion? Could I expand on the defilement of delusion? Huh? <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, this is a really, uh, this is a common, 
No, common. It's not an unfamiliar question. I remember when I was sitting right back there in the first three-month retreat that I did, and I asked the same question of Joseph sitting here. And I said, you know, I kind of get it. You know, attachment, craving, clinging, wanting. I, I can recognize that. Aversion, impatience, irritation, frustration. I, I'm really familiar with that. But delusion and uh, ignorance, uh, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, uh, like, what, what, what is that? And Joseph said, uh, anytime there's a Steve in your thoughts, delusion. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I have been nothing but. Okay, so <clears throat> I actually have an answer for this one. Saito Upandita used to say, we live under multiple layers of delusion. And as we practice, we peel off one layer of delusion and gain some understanding and wisdom, and then we confront another layer of delusion. We don't know it yet, but as we keep practicing, we recognize another layer of delusion, and we keep practicing, and we peel off another layer of delusion through clear seeing, and we have a little more wisdom, but there's a deeper layer of delusion. So the first layer of delusion that we're kind of confronting with is deals with ordinary reality. Ordinary reality is you come into the hall, you sit down, you start meditating. Do you know you're sitting down? Do you know you're in the hall and sitting and about to start being aware? And if you don't, that's delusion. If you do, there's, there's that level of wisdom. So it's that first initial movement of remembering to recognize the present moment, right? And so that's one layer of delusion. I'm here. I'm not really in my fantasy world of whatever I think is going on, right? But then as we get in here and we start paying attention to this present moment's experience, you know, we have all kinds of um, implicit biases and we have our conditioning. And so, for example, you know, the, after a while, some discomfort comes up in the body and we think, my knee is killing me. Well, that's, that's half right, half wrong, you know. The, the pain and the frustration or the anxiety about it is an experience, but knee, uh, that, that, there's no knee. What? There's no knee. Oh, what do you mean? Well, we, when we experience discomfort and pain in the body, we have an anatomical map, you know, in our mind that we kind of locate where that is. But actually, experientially, there's no knee. There's Hardness, softness, heat, vibrating, tingling, pressure, stretching, pushing. Oh, okay, so there's a layer of delusion to, to cut through. Are we actually experiencing empirically what is going on in the mind and body? Or are we kind of conceptually experiencing it? Because the concepts that we overlay are delusional in the sense of it's not really happening that way, what we actually experience is heat, pressure, tightness, and we say, my old football injury in my knee is really acting up. Well, that's a lot of concepts, a lot of explaining, a lot of, right? So that's another layer of delusion. And then when we, we kind of get there to the empirical experience of things, we still have these assumptions that I spoke about last night. We have these assumptions, and I'll give you an example. You know, when 
after some period of time in the sitting, you're kind of into the, you're into a groove. It might be a ditch, like pain and frustration and struggle, or it might be a groove, like wow, this is kind of just kind of move, moving along. Okay, but whatever it is, there's this little flicker of comment somewhere way back in the mind that's not really a thought and it's not really a belief, but there's just an assumption. This is the way it's going to be for the rest of the sitting. You know, you're in a you're in a kind of a difficult thing. The pain is there, and you just I don't think I can bear this for the rest of the sitting. It's not going to, you know. But there's an assumption that it's going to be there for the rest of the sitting, like it's not going to change, and so we quite habitually take a momentary experience and eternalize it. That's just, the, that's just a natural activity of the mind to eternalize a momentary experience, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Well, that's, that's delusion. You know, to think that anything is going to last more than a split second, or even to assume that it is, or to imagine it is, or to fear that it is, is a delusion. Well, okay. Or we have these, you know, a, a pleasant experience. You know, we, we sit down, it's actually comfortable, we're kind of aware, continuous, we think, wow, this is okay. And we're just kind of going along, and it's kind of like, you know, keeping an eye on things. And this, you know, kind of little voice comes into the mind. Whew. Great. There's, it's, it's happening. And that's an assumption that it's just going, a, a slight assumption that it's probably not going to change and it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. That satisfaction is kind of an assumption that we don't see because we're not seeing the characteristic, we're not recognizing, we don't understand the, rec- the characteristic of the dukkha, the dukkha characteristic, or the anicca, impermanence characteristic, or the anatta, the impersonal characteristic. And so there's, there's that whole layer of unspoken beliefs and assumptions and um, just mistaken views about reality that is a layer that's pretty solid in the mind. And as we get further into our practice, we start peeling off those assumptions to where we really understand that things aren't permanent. Things are really impermanent. Things are really unsatisfactory. And you know they're kind of ephemeral. They just kind of appear due to causes and conditions mostly outside of my control. But the first whole layer of that is seeing things as having those characteristics. We still think that me, I, the one who's observing, or mindfulness, we don't yet recognize that that too is impermanent, unsatisfactory, and impersonal. And so there's another whole layer of internal deconstruction, pixelization that has to happen. So these are just multiple layers of delusion that we work down through, stabilize, get that understanding, find another layer. So that's the journey. Yeah, the journey of awakening to what's really going on here. Was that helpful? You're really interested in your obsessive thoughts. Okay. So, is there a point at which the interest shifts? 
Oh, okay, let me let me just tease this out a little bit. So, you know, the the posture, the right attitude in practice is to be interested and just kind of like see what's there. And yeah. and you have a lot of interest in uh, your thoughts, right? Your obsessive thoughts. That's good. Now, what about the obsessive thoughts do we want to be interested in? If we're interested in, you know, as I mentioned last night, my obsessive thought was, for, you know, mathematical calculations. Let's see, 40 feet by 30 feet, 10 feet, how many square feet, how many cubic feet in here, and how, how often does the hair exchange? You know, I mean, the mind is like, that's an obsessive thought. Am I interested really in the cubic volume of this room? No. That's useless. But what I am interested in is this habit of not just resting in present awareness, but getting involved in an analytical or a calculating, a figuring out kind of activity. So that's what I'm interested in, the energy of figuring out, explaining, analyzing, and, you know, because that's what the, that's, the mind is holding, the mind is gripping, you know, this activity of mind, or we could say the attention is gripped by this kind of activity. That's what you want to recognize. Oh, what kind of obsessing? What kind of obsessing is going on? Oh, figuring out, analyzing, counting, rehearsing, you know, things like that. Because then when you, when you, the content of your obsessing thoughts is going to change. But the, the, the feeling tone of each kind of obsessing is unique. So that's what you want to get familiar with so that you can recognize, oh, this kind of feeling that gives rise to this kind of thinking. That way you don't get entangled in the content. You don't even get tangled in the feeling. You recognize the feeling that leads to, well, figuring out or analyzing or rehearsing. Uh, you know, we talk about Vedana, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, but that's kind of limited. It's just, how does it feel? So let me, let me give you an example. So you have this obsessive story going on, obsessive thought. It's just going on and on and on and on, you know. Oh, poor me, I did this, they did that, I said this, I should have done that, that happened in the past. Next time I see them, I'm going to, you know, it's... Okay, so what, what's actually going on there? Well, there's this obsessing. So that's the big package. But what we actually know is, here's the story. Here's the, the narrative of this obsessing is, I said, they said, they should, they do, 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 right? Okay, you just, you get familiar with the story. You know the story. You're going over and over and over again. Just set that aside right over here. And then that kind of obsessing and kind of being entangled conditions a lot of sensations in the body, a lot of tightness and feeling and, you know, and so you can do a kind of a three-dimensional anatomical survey of all the sensations in the body. Just scan the whole body, you got it all. Okay? So you take all those physical sensations and you put them over here. Now you got the narrative over there. That's the story. And you got all the physical sensations over here. What's left? Right, the present moment, and The feeling, the feeling. You know, there's anger. Anger arises in the mind. Here's the story. I don't want to just limit it to emotion. Emotion is a big package of thoughts, feeling, memories, plans, all kinds of things, judgments. 
feeling, just heart. Recognizing the feeling in the heart, the mind. Yeah, what's that feel like? What what does fear feel like? Not the story, not the sensations, fear. Hard to know, isn't it? It's hard to know without the story, without the physical sensations. But that's how subtle the mind is. The mind is really, really subtle. And yet, it feels. And the feeling in the heart is not the same as a sensation in the body. This is, I don't want to get metaphysically kind of like right, wrong, yes, no. But check it out. Check it out. Some, some scientists will say there definitely is. You know, there's, they're synonymous. And some would say, there's, there's two things going on here. Just check it out. Be interested in that. Okay, there's going to be time this afternoon for all remaining questions. (laughs) I didn't say there would be time for all remaining answers, but nevertheless. (laughs) So, you can bring all the questions you want. Uh, but just to acknowledge that this afternoon um, at 2 o'clock, we'd like you all to come to the hall, and I'll be speaking a bit about the practice of dana and generosity, support for the teachings in this retreat. And then uh, there'll be an hour plus for questions about uh, awareness outside of the retreat environment, home, work, play, otherwise. And that'll take us to 345 There'll be a short break at 3.45, stand up, stretch, go to the toilet. And then at 4 o'clock, the managers would like you all to come back to uh, get all the closing announcements and work through rides and all that stuff. So 2 o'clock, we'd like you all to be here for uh, some end of retreat stuff and some questions about practicing outside of retreat. And at 4 o'clock, the managers need you here to get the relevant information for preparing to leave tomorrow. Yeah. Anything else? How you doing? On a 10-point scale? One? Two? Three? Four? So... You know, tomorrow, or this afternoon, things are going to change. Tomorrow, things are really going to change. And it's quite natural for the mind to start thinking. I mean, to be thinking a lot, maybe, about, you know, what I'm going to do and who I'm going to see and what I want to say, what I don't want to say, and, you know, and just looking forward to your next latte or whatever it is that you are looking forward to. And so, just remember that (laughs) upstairs, there used to be a big banner upstairs in the attic where the staff, uh, some of the staff stay. Big banner. The true yogi has no future. (laughs) Because the future, the future is just a thought. It's just a thought. This afternoon, it's just a thought. Tomorrow, it's just a thought. And yet we give it a reality that it doesn't have. (laughs) And then we try to fit ourselves into this mentally constructed artificial reality. Instead, just just recognize what's actually going on. Oh, thinking, planning, anticipating, 
you know, excitement, dread, <laughs> however, however the future looks to you, whatever, whatever it conditions in the present moment, that's what you want to be aware of. Okay? Good luck. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.